Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and healer from Vancouver, Canada, with over two decades' experience serving individuals from all walks of life. We're going to be speaking with leaders and visionaries from around the world in the field of art, music, activism, health, education, spirituality, and more to talk about what it means to be a voice for love. We're going through massive changes on the planet right now, and I believe that what the world needs more than ever are people who are aligned, heart-led, and who can speak from the soul to help usher in even bigger shifts that will elevate us all into a more harmonious existence together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, everyone. This is Surya. Welcome to A Voice for Love. And I'm very excited today to welcome my special guest, Manpreet Dillon. Welcome, Manpreet. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited about what we're going to talk about, actually. <laughs> me too. And so before we um, go into our, our topic of the day, uh, which we'll talk about in a moment, can you please tell everyone a little bit about yourself for anyone who doesn't know you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, my name is Manpreet. It's funny because I actually say Manpreet, the anglicized way, but over the last while, I've always thinking about how colonial I am and different things. Um, I'm an equity, diversity, inclusion consultant. Um, so we have a we have a tech and uh, tech company and a consulting company, really focusing on economic um, equity for all. And so one of, one of the things I do is work with um, industries and organizations on establishing systems and processes. So we do have equitable processes. And so that's actually where my like passion is because I really want a world where there's connection, harmony, oneness, and really like for me, inclusion is about oneness. And so I'm bringing through, and I do that through this work um, as well. And then other than that, uh, born and raised in Canada, um, Kamloops, and then now Vancouver, um, and been on the, co- and, and now I live on the Coast Salish, Kwantlen, and Stolo Nation um, lands. And it's been such a powerful experience being a uh, child of immigrant um, and been living here um, and looking at being a global citizen as well. So that's a, just a little gist of who I am and why kind of, and then what we're going to talk about today is like the various different concussions and having a childhood disease and how that all, having a chronic, you know, uh, condition and how that impacts being a leader as well. Yes. So thank you so much for, for sharing a little bit about that, because that's actually why I asked you to come on, because I saw your post about concussions. And this is a topic that's really fresh in my mind at the moment, because I, I had one um, in December, but mine luckily was pretty minor. But for the, you know, for the few weeks that it was intense, it was pretty intense. And, you know, now having a very good friend who's been dealing with it for six, more than six months now, and then in my own sort of recovery process, I discovered how many people have had and or are dealing with concussions and how incredibly severe and debilitating they can be. And then I read your post about, I think you've had, is it five that you've had? Uh, Nine. Oh my goodness. Okay. So, (laughs) okay. Where, where can we start with this? Let's uh, maybe give us a little bit of background on uh, that's, that's a lot of concussions. So yeah, yeah. it is a lot of concussions. I mean, it started when I was in grade 11. um, And so I've had, I've been living with concussions for 20 something years. Um, And within, when it was the first one I hit, I did was I hit my head on a sign, um, have a dent in my head from it. And um, so if you look at my, whenever you see a picture of me, you can see the dent in, the, in my forehead. And then a couple of weeks later, I misjudged where the boards were because no one declared that I had a concussion. And so I didn't get any support for it. So two weeks later, I misjudged where the boards were. I was playing ice hockey and I fell because sometimes you lose depth perception with concussions. 
Um, and then a couple of weeks, a couple months later, my friend dropped a hockey stick on my head and that's when all the migraines started. And I, um, at the time they tested, did a, they did some tests and they're like, nope, you're good. There's no brain damage. But I noticed that my grades had changed. My behavior started changing and I couldn't process um, things the same way. And so, and I kept joking to my family. I'm like, oh, I used to be smart, but I'm not anymore. And I, and I was, cause I found math really hard or I found things that were very logical and detailed were very difficult for me and where, but I could do strategy really well. I could think about concepts really well. And um, moving forward, then I ended up getting a whiplash. So that impacted it. And then it was probably like 2003 when uh, a naturopath said to me, he's like, I think because my body was just not feeling well. And I thought that I had autoimmune, autoimmune disease again, because I grew up with a rare autoimmune disease as well. And um, when naturopath was like, no, I think it's actually your concussions. And I was like, really? And he goes, my body felt like it was going to explode at that time because I couldn't fun- function. I couldn't process. Everything just felt like mush. And when he said that to me, I, um, and so I, I'm like, it makes sense because my hormones were all off. Like, you know, you hit your head, your hormones are going to all go off. But I couldn't afford the treatments at that time because um, it does it was very costly. Uh, fast forward 2015, got another concussion uh, playing ball hockey. And um, at this entire time, and then 2016, got another one um, playing ball hockey again, got a ball to die. I've stopped playing hockey since. <laughs> I was just going to say, I'm like, I'm seeing a theme here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've, I've stopped playing hockey since. And then I... Then I ended up getting, and then that one I didn't, 2016 didn't recover very well. It took me three months and I was on bed rest every end. And I just was, couldn't handle the dark, but again, no support on this. This is a concussion. Like no, none of the doctors, nothing. Um, 2019, I, oh, so 2019, January, uh, 2018, sorry, August. And there's a reason why I'm telling you the dates because it kind of goes August, 2018. I finally went to a neurologist because no one thought that I should go to a neurologist. The neurologist is like, well, you're just a high functioning minor brain injury and I don't believe in concussions and, but you don't have any, there's nothing we can do. So having that kind of like messaging from the medical system. So I have a whole thing about the medical system separately. And then uh, January, 2019, my friend just goes to me, she's like, Hey, there's this thing called neurovision. She goes, maybe you should just go get tested. And she had multiple concussions and she was getting all the support. I went to go get, I uh, went to a neurovision therapist and um, she, within like, an hour. She's like, you have motion sickness all the time. I got tested. My brain gets overwhelmed, emotionally overwhelmed. I can't emote. Um, I have nausea constantly. And she's like telling me all these things that I'm like, I came home and I was just bawling. I'm like, I spent the last 20 years thinking that I'm a robot, that I can't process emotions, that I can't be in crowds. I can't function in like spending too much time with people. And, um, and constantly just felt sick all the time. So I was eating sugar and breads to kind of not calm the nausea and motion sickness. And it was all to do with my brain. And no one, up for 20-something years, no one figured it out. So I started therapy with them. And then in March uh, 2019, got another concussion because I thought it was a really smart idea to go in a mechanical bull. And, uh, and anyways, that was like... I was sober, <laughs> but it was like, I wish there was an excuse for it. Um, <laughs> but um, no mechanical bowl fell off, hit my head again. And then I was like, and then, um, and then I was on bed rest. And then at the same time, my company was growing. So I was doing all these like massive things in the world, like trade missions, my company's growing, we're changing things and I'm on bed rest. And so luckily I had to, I had to hire a team faster than I would have liked um, to help me cope. Um, ended up, you know, all the money challenges and everything that show up with that. And then um, 
in December 2020, ended up with another concussion because my, my niece just tapped me on the head. She didn't mean to do anything. Another concussion. So now it's been four months. And I just got, I found this new naturopath who does brain mapping. And he mapped my brain. And um, my brain never, it still thinks it's an acute concussion phase four months later. And now we're starting this like new protocol and newer feedback. But over the last couple of years of like so many practitioners, so many like um, tests of like, luckily I know how to manage, measure the brain. Like I've worked with brain optimization. I've worked with neurofeedback. I've known how to like manage it. Um, But now the recent results was just like, my brain's not recovering. Um, Even if like his protocol, usually within four months, um, uh, he sees a big results. And And um, so, yeah, with this new naturopath, he, when we mapped out the brain, it was like looking at, um, actually like looking at all the, how the functioning is. So now I have, it showed up that I have um, like very not um, intense um, ADHD symptoms from concussions. And um, the interesting thing, and my brain is only, only stays in like a creative, like uh, meditation state most of the time. And it's hard for me to turn on, but which is really interesting because like having done so much spiritual work and understanding this, um, but now they have to actually, but the thing is, it's hard for me to sit down and get my brain started to do things, complete things. And I thought that was like a personality flaw, flaw, but it turns out my brain just functions that way. So it's been, so that's my like concussion journey for up to point and then we'll get into it. But I just, that's like the overview of where things are at, like things learning and there's so much to dive into there, but <laughs> it's, wow. yeah. Well, I just want to acknowledge you, how amazing you are that you've managed to like, because just the way that I, you know, just that I see you always, like you're so just on it and you're like a boss lady. And I, I just can tell that you can handle so much and do so much. And I know you're up to such big things. So the fact that you're able to do all of this with all of this brain injury, I just really want to acknowledge how um, incredible you are. But I find that very interesting. And I'm having some aha moments too. I'm like, oh, is this why I can't finish things too? Because I've, you know, I've had concussions. I've been diagnosed with ADD as well. And um, when I first started seeing one cranio sacral practitioner, she was convinced I'd had a head injury as a child because of the way that um, something in my, my head was. And so she did a bunch of stuff on me. And I remember after that, that session with her, I think I cried for like two hours straight. And then I came home and was completely exhausted and passed out for a couple hours. And then I woke up feeling quite different. So I was like, okay, I think she's onto something there. There was something there. So this is fascinating, but okay, wait a second. I want to back this up. Your brain is in a permanent state of meditation and creation. Yeah. So my brain doesn't, (laughs) the way that my brain functions, um, it only stays in Delta um, Alpha and Theta waves. But uh, which is which is great uh, for having spiritual experiences and being intuitive. Um, but then on the other hand, um, I don't sleep, and so because my brain never gets that spikes of like. Cause so again, so is it really interesting to watch? Because people are always like, "Well, you never really get excited." I'm like, and um, so my entire life, I'm always like, "Yeah, okay, cool. Like this is happening. This is happening. Like and things are just going." And now I actually realize my brain doesn't, my brain stays in monotone <laughs> always. And it's always in this like level state. So no wonder I don't get excited, but it does, it does impact my mood because I, if I'm, I'm not sleeping, my body's in stress and I have a tendency for depression and anxiety. Um, and my brain fluctuates between depression and anxiety because of the lack of rest. And so as much as it's really cool to be able to stay in this creative meditative state all the time, um, uh, it's impacting, I haven't slept in like 20 years properly. Like, like as we're looking at it, they're like, you're, you're actually, 
overexhausted at this point and your your body's just like it's kind of yeah it's way too exhausted to function at this point wow so is that part of the treatment that you're doing now like what are you so what are you, are you still continuing treatments to this day? Yeah. Is this something that can be, I mean, I know we don't want to say that it can't be fixed because of course, and I feel you with the medical system because they will tell everybody like, this can never be fixed. And this can never, I've worked with so many people over the years who were, you know, given tickets to like, oh, you have a month to live or you have this incurable yeah. condition. And guess what? They're all still alive and they're fine, you know? Well, they, that, that's what they're like, oh yeah, I've been told that it's not going to get fixed. I'm supposed to live with this. And I, so the post that you saw was the one being like, yeah, great that you said this, but I'm going to prove you wrong. And because that's what I do. <laughs> and so I have these like, I'm like, I, we had years ago, I created this like turmeric tea and not knowing that everything in there is actually an anti-inflammatory is actually made for the brain. And, um, and I didn't realize that that's all the ingredients I put in there. I just made it and we were going to put it on market. So between that, um, we having a lot of curcumin, curcumin for anti-inflammatory, changing my diet, um, and then also really healing the gut because the gut, if you, as you heal the gut, the brain heals. And so I'm really focusing on healing the gut. And then I'm getting this neurofeedback um, with this naturopath and he's doing some, a bunch of work there. Um, I'm determined that in the next six months, I'm going to have, my brain's going to look massively different. Like he said, like he, his treatments go four months. He thinks I'm going to need longer than four months. I agree. Like I'm probably going to need six, but I have decided that in six months, I'm going to be, my brain's going to function at the, how it's supposed to be functioning in what's in the highest good. Because also having this brain has helped me like massively do amazing things because I see the world differently um, as well. So there's some parts I was joking. I'm like, well, if I'm going to lose my creativity a bit, I might as well finish my book now. <laughs> I won't, I won't have the same creativity, but obviously not. No, I'll probably be rested and have creativity. Um, but yeah, n- next six months, I've decided that my brain's going to look different and I'm going to be feel different and it's going to be healed. And I'm going to talk about it. I'm going to, I'm, I'm sharing my journey as well. Like I'm kind of sharing like some of this, like what my daily journey is going to kind of look like, because I'm like it, we do have the power to, in the, our minds. Like Joe Dispenza, I just found out that he had to heal his body completely and I'm like, if some, and we know that people can do this all the time. We all can. It's like just letting go of the labels and being like, screw the labels. We're not, we're not functioning with these labels. Well, it's labels and it's also having the will, like to just hear you say so with such conviction and such knowingness, like I'm going to heal my brain. That's a big part of it too. And some people don't even have that chance to get there because they listen to, you know, medical professionals who are, you know, well-meaning, of course, you know, in their own way, but they're, you know, they're just trying to say, hey, I hate to break it to you, but you'll never be quote unquote normal again. But I love that you mentioned um, Dr. Joe Dispenza because I'm actually listening to his, one of his audio books right now. It's, um, what is it about? Uh, it's, it's one of the changing your brain ones, but he talks about this basically how like we can change the brain and, um, well, great. I look forward to having you on again in six months or whenever. And then you can tell everybody the story because I've had some incredible guests already. Like um, uh, one of my guests was uh, Madhu Anziani. He healed himself from being tetraplegic. He woke up in wow. the hospital with all four limbs paralyzed and he used sound healing and toning and his family, you know, they all prayed over him and sent energy healing and he made a full recovery after being told he would never walk again. And that's just one, you know, one story yeah. of, of many that we know, you know, again, from being, you know, traveling in the circles that we and knowing the people that we know, we know many people who have overcome these so-called incurable, you know, 
conditions and situations. And I think it's just, so that's what I, I love sharing these stories with people to give them hope and inspiration that we can. And the brain, especially, I think there's so much that we don't know about the brain and it's regenerative capacities. Yeah. And again, science and medical and medicine will tell us like, Oh, it's damaged and it will never heal. But I, I don't think that's the case at all. No, I don't think so either. And I think the like the medical system is, you know, it's, it's really interesting because without the practitioners, I wouldn't have gone to where I got to. Because they, they, there's like, this is one of the things I was actually thinking about this for myself. Like, I mean, I obviously have a lot of privilege. I have, I have the financial resources because um, it, it is expensive to be able to do the, these type of treatments and like kind of go into getting the types of practitioners to work on me. Like there's a, I had to have the financial resources to do that. And even when the time when I didn't, I know that the meditation, the sound healing, like even right now, I listen to binaural, binaural I say that wrong all the time. Binaural, binaural I think it is, yeah. binaural yeah. beats, yeah. Um, every night to sleep. Um, but Because I, I know that they help my brain focus. And I even doing tapping. So there's like resource, I mean, so there's like those resources that I know I have to do myself and the daily workout, the daily stretching, the yoga. Those are things that I could do. I actually was really interesting. I spent so much money trying to fix myself, but I went external. And now I know that, oh, I actually needed to heal myself all along. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really interesting because I'm having to let go of all my practitioners. And I know that they all served a point because they gave me the exercises. They told me, like, you know, they would explain these things to me. And I'm like, and finally I felt seen and heard, which I wouldn't, I didn't feel a lot in my life um, otherwise, because um, all of a sudden when they're like, nope, this is normal. This is, I'm like, oh my God, okay. I feel and I would just cry every time I'd walk in because I'm like, oh, there's other people like they're out, out there like me who I don't even know. And but now I realize that, um, you know, it, it's been a very strong message in the last little while that I have to heal myself. Like the power of healing is within me. The, when we access the medical professionals, when we access outside, it's because we need a piece of knowledge that we can use to heal ourselves. Otherwise, we have to do the work on a daily basis. And and that's actually, that's where all the work is. It's not from the practitioners. It's not from everyone else around us. Amen. I wish, <laughs> I, wish, I, I wish more people had that attitude because, you know, I was a body work therapist, like doing massage for many years. And I would get so frustrated with some of my clients because they would refuse to do the daily work. I would tell them like, you have to stretch, you have to whatever. And they're like, no, no, I just want you to fix me. And I'm like, I can't, I can't mm -hmm. come here like once a week or every, however, I, however often I come and like try to undo what you perpetuate in your daily habits every day. What is like, has been led up to for probably decades of whatever bad habits that you have or injuries you have. And so, yeah, we really do have to take responsibility yeah. for our self-healing. And it's also like never just one thing either. Like when I was, you know, again, my concussion was very mild, um, but you know, it was, it was a combination of so many things that helped. It wasn't just one thing. And again, it was committing to doing all of those things. And I love that you brought up um, sound healing because this is what I'm very interested in. And um, you know, of course doing music and whatnot. And I really believe in the power of sound, you know, even as I mentioned the guest who he used sound healing to heal himself from being yeah. quadriplegic and sound is incredibly powerful. And I think it's this whole really unexplored vast, like mostly in the medical world anyway, you know, they deal with ultrasound technology. There's some aspects of that there, but I think sound is just a whole other new world that's, you know, going to open and do miraculous healings in so many regards. Oh, completely. Like, if we think about all our senses, like if we're not tapping into all of our senses, like that's why we have all these senses. And we, and if they're all optimized, obviously we're going to feel amazing. Right. And, and then, but that's the thing, like if we're not optimizing each of those senses or like feeding them the good things, 
um, and we're focusing on certain ones and not, and there's going to be an imbalance in our body. So we do need that. I, I, I'm like, for me, sound healing has been so amazing. Like, especially even the chanting or um, just even because as I'm opening up, so my, my neck is really tight. So a lot of the times I walk through life, my, I always look straight because my neck is so tight. Cause if I move my neck, I get nausea. And it's actually through chanting that I'm relaxing the neck muscles from the inside that I'm able to actually start to move my neck more. Wow. And through, just because of the vib- internal vibrations of the chants. And it was interesting when I started noticing that over the last couple of months, I'm like, oh, my neck. So every time I chant, my neck relaxes. And when I'm not chant- chanting, my, my neck is even more tight. So I've been like practicing singing and I've noticed that my nausea symptoms went down because the neck muscles have, um, have started to like uh, uh, relax. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's a, it's that, been really cool. I still suck at singing, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, you don't. You have a beautiful voice. Everyone has a powerful voice. That's the whole theme of all this work that I'm doing yeah. here. Is, yeah. you know, but this is the point. And I always say this to people because so many people block themselves from using their voice because they believe you know, negative things about it or they're not a great singer. And I'm like, it doesn't matter. Not everyone is meant to be a professional singer, but the voice in and of itself, like we are an instrument and the voice yeah. is one of our primary... Um, you know, functions of that instrument and we can use it to, I mean, I'm constantly experimenting with it and getting little downloads from spirit about ways to use the voice. I I think, again, this is quite unexplored too. Of course, there's sound healers that are working with it, but um, that is absolutely fascinating. And do you mind sharing which mantras is it that you're working with? Is it a particular one that you notice or is it any of the mantras or how does that work? It's been any, it's just been what comes to mind at the time. So intuitively it's whatever, like I'll be making a smoothie and all of a sudden I'll just start chanting mantras. And so I've been transferring a lot of light languages lately. So I think, uh, so it's been really interesting to watch, like some of them are very traditional, um, you know, just, um, uh, I've been using a lot of Tata, Tibetan. Sorry, my, I'm having concussion symptoms today, so my brain's a little bit slower. Um, a lot of Tibetan chanting, and I've been doing a lot of meditations in Tibetan, so there's a lot of mantras there. Um, and that's actually where I've been uh, looking at it. Um, just a lot of Ra's and Ma's, um, and um, is the ones, verbs I'm using a lot for some reason, and that, which activates, I know, different chakras. I can't remember which ones right now, but... Yeah, Tibetan is very powerful. That's um, a lot of my training is in Tibetan Buddhism as well. And I was very oh, fortunate cool. to have a, um, like my teacher is like or the real deal, like Tibetan monk, you know, raised in the monastery in Tibet. And so um, we would do, when he was here, unfortunately, like he hasn't been here. He's been back in Tibet for a almost seven years now, but um, we would do these crazy like practices when he was here and sometimes chant for like, you know, five, seven hours straight, basically, you know, and afterwards, like the way that your brain feels, it feels like you've had a workout, like you feel so clear, you feel, and he would always say, you know, don't underestimate the Tibetan language and these mantras because so many people have reached enlightenment through using these mantras. So they are like literally blessed and sort of, you know, all of that blessing comes along with it. So yeah, it's super powerful. And the other meditation that I do and I love, it's called the soul sync meditation through um, PK consciousness. Like uh, they're called Oino world, I guess. And um, their soul sync meditation, what it does is like, there's five different levels to it and it actually changes the vibration of your brain. And it's, um, you do the 20 minute meditation and, and every time I do that, like I, I do that 20 minute meditation daily and it's mind blowing because it also, it just really, clears up all the channels and it allows my brain to be back into this like um neutral neutral state again of what it needs to be and so it's yeah so i I just see there's so much power 
in the, the mantras and the meditations. And that soul sync meditation has a lot of breathing, um, breath work to it and a lot of chanting. And it just, you just see the power of all these ancient traditions out there that we are coming back to in many ways, but we've always known everything, but we use, we, we try to seek externally. And one of the things that keeps coming up is like the, the wisdom is in, in the ancient te- te- uh, text. And, um, there's in those practices, there's so much wisdom in there. We just need to step into that again. Oh, absolutely. And I love that you shared that because I was thinking a lot um, last night about another guest that I had who was Dr. Kulreet Chowdhury. I think. Did oh, you yeah, know that's that? right. Yeah, I saw yeah. her. So she, great. Oh, that was so great. Oh, she's so great. I want to, like, I, I hope to learn more from her and she's just mind boggling. And, but you know, her, like when she met her guru, their sort of lineage is the Siddha tradition or Siddha medicine, which predates Ayurveda in India. And a lot of the, what that like system is about with Siddha medicine is actually mantras and part Mm -hmm. of the job that she was given I think she talks about it in the podcast was deciphering these palm leaves and again they have very specific that's what they do and that's what she's done even in her practice as a clinical neurologist and she's helped so many people um, heal all kinds of conditions by you know giving them the traditional medical treatments along with you know mantra and meditation so I just found this fascinating because you know I've been working with mantra for gosh, I don't know, long time now, like decades. And I didn't realize even that it went to that depth as well. So it was like a whole new awakening for me. And it was interesting when I got in my concussion, when I got my concussion, just naturally, I got my tanpura, which is like the drone. And I just wanted to sit there and strum it. And that made me feel calm. And that made my brain feel calm. And then I actually found out, you know, from practitioners and doctors that humming, you know, is very soothing. And again, so it was very interesting, just intuitively, that's what I gravitated towards. And that's what got me super interested in all of the sound healing. And then that's actually how I found Dr. Chowdhury as well. So it's, it's oh, very, so it was very synchronistic. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like I've been listening to a lot of Gregorian chants lately mm-hmm. and um, because it actually is very soothing for me while I'm working um, because I, as I'm listening to it, it keeps my brain in a focus mode. And it's so, it was interesting because when my occupational therapist, she was like, I don't know, a lot of us, a lot of my clients have a, a really a lot of success with Gregorian chants. And she goes, try it. And I, I use them to sleep and I use them to like, so it's been like, it's, I, so it's like, and it was interesting because I remember when I was in Italy, we were at this, um, in Florence at the church and I was standing there with my cousins and they're doing Gregorian chants at the church. And I, I remember I was like, oh, I felt so amazing. And I just felt so, I felt so vibrant afterwards. And, but again, it goes back to like the past life connections as well. And where do I feel the most called to? And so and it's just been really interesting navigating that. So when do I feel at home with some of these chants and where do I feel that there's this deeper connection because it activates something else inside of me. And, I'm, and then I notice my brain feels better mm. as well. And um, so, yes, yeah, so it's been really neat. It, the, this whole process of healing has been really amazing because it's really helped me discover the, this be- these beautiful parts of myself that I wouldn't have discovered if I had just lived a life without brain injury. Okay, so this brings me to this is perfect because I was this is, I have this it's just kind of like a theory of myself, but it's just an observation. It's this thing, healers and brain injuries, you know? I, I can't tell you how many healers that I know in whatever capacity, but I consider them healers, even if they don't like directly do healing work. Um, they've all had all of these multiple concussions and or brain injuries. And I almost wonder if it's almost like 
we have, you know, it's part of our soul contract or something that we've, you know, agreed to experience because the brain injury somehow opens other parts of the brain that wouldn't be opened or activated otherwise. I'm not sure if you think it's something. Oh, no, totally. Like when my first one hit, when I got the first one, um, for years afterwards, I actually said, I was like, because I became very, I mean, I was always intuitive, but after that, my, I opened up so massively and I was like, oh, of course God wanted me to be, be open to this stuff. And my intuitive, like my intuitive and my channeling was so open up at that point. And um, I'm like, of course, because I wouldn't have paid attention otherwise. And so, but it's also um, one of the, the other things with brain injury is because you start to attract a lower vibrations easily and they attract into your head after brain injury. So one of the things is like, when you've had multiple, it's because you're not clearing the energy of your brain. So even if you get one, you need to make sure that you clear it so that it stays at a high vibration. So you're not attracting lower vibrations to it. And um, because otherwise then you're going to get multiple. And then even now, like every time I make a decision, if my brain starts to hurt, I know that I'm making the wrong decision. Wow. So it's almost turned into one of your like superpower tools. Like, yeah, but I, I'm trying to move out of it. <laughs> Cause I don't <laughs> want to have a brain. <laughs> you're like, I don't want my brain to hurt anymore, but yeah. it's similar how like, you know, people who are like, I have this too. Like it's like the clairsentience, right? Like, you yeah. know, when I, you know, you feel something and you know, it's off. Wow. That is so fascinating. And I'm just so fascinated listening to you because what, you know, what I'm hearing is like, actually you're very masterful in both left and right brain activities because your work that you do is very sort of, you know, you have a real like position where you're doing real work with companies. And I'm like a real, you know, for me, I'm like the artist life, right? So I'm like, oh, you have a real job. You You have a real job and you're super activated and like can do all this, like, you know, you're a healer and all this stuff too. So this is very interesting. And I wonder if somehow, you know, all of these concussions have shaped your brain in a way that you, you know, can literally access both sides. Um, Absolutely. Because the thing is, so most of all my concussions actually happen on the left side. Um, And so it, uh, each, every single, all nine, all impacted me on the left side. Um, And so it's really interesting for me because, yeah, I I think it does help help me. I think one of my mandates in this life is, uh, my purposes, I guess, not mandates. Obviously, I'm thinking about corporate. Um, (laughs) One of my missions in this life is um, really balancing, bringing like oneness into the the corporate world and how do we get to see people for who they are. And if I wasn't, if I, if I didn't, if I wasn't able to balance both, I wouldn't be able to do that because right now I can be taken seriously as a um, management consultant, you know, and running a tech company. And we have like this team of 10 and I I play in that world and I get to be, be, you know, people get to see me in that space and they know that, you know, my clients will say, they're like, every time we talk to you, we feel so much better. We just feel like we accept ourselves more or we just feel better about like, um, the way that, you know, what we're doing, we just feel calmer. And, um, and they'll just say, they're like, they joke, one of our clients always jokes and she's like, you, I, re- I actually just have meetings with you just so that I can get that spiritual hit. And I was like, and so they know, like, you know, our clients know that this is what's coming forward as well. Cause they, you can tell by the way I speak, even when I'm like, oh, we're talking about one, like we're talking about inclusion. It's about seeing each other. Let's bring the whole few humans forward. And they're just like, what? <laughs> right. But, it, 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 and people just like, they might not get it, but they're just like, oh yeah, we like the way she speaks about it. But, um, and then there's others that are still like turned off. They're like, no, no, no this sounds kind of weird. Um, but I have, I, I think that the con- con- concussions really were a mechanism for me to really tap into the, I, I don't think I would have tapped into my, 
to the spiritual side as much if I didn't have the concussions or at the power that I did, where I understand healing and energy at a very deep, deep level. And so sometimes I do wonder, I'm like, oh, am I supposed to be, you know, I wish I'd had the artist life because <laughs> it would be a lot easier. Um, and it would be so much more fruitful for in many ways. But I know that that's not my, you know, my purpose is to change governments and change systems and policies. And that's at the level and bringing some of this, like the one, this type of energy to those places as well. Which as is so shift- deep. Which yeah. is so dated. And artist life isn't always artist life. Well, and I love artist life. Like I miss my artist life. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not easy either. I tell people no. that all the time because people no, no, like, they're like, I want to be a singer. I'm like, no, you don't. I'm like, you don't know what we go through. It's very, that's its own thing. But no, I, what you're doing is so important because, you know, in, at this point in time, all of our structures are in corporations. All of our, this yeah. is, these are the structures that are running the world and we have to humanize them. We have to, because the way that they've been running again in this very patriarchal capitalist kind of way, you know, which is like people are just focused on, you know, money and goals and outcome. But yet, you know, these are real human beings that are working yeah. on these things and all of these human beings have needs. And I mean, it's always been so clear to me, if you help other people to thrive and grow and as humans, then like, gosh, what could we create? You know, yeah. we can we can create from this place of just like crunching numbers and like having goals and like, okay, go, go, go. But if we approach those same goals um, with the heart and with the, you know, from a spiritual perspective, as we know, my goodness, you know, what kind of other ideas, what kind of creative solutions could we come up with? I mean, and it's so interesting because like when you're talking, I'm like, they feel it. Even if the people don't know what it is, they feel it. They're like, they want to talk to you because even you just showing up and being you and being in your light and being in your heart as you are, they, they feel it. They're like, what is it? You know? And then they start to get curious. Right. And they're like, I want that. And so that's, yeah. that's beautiful. It, it, it's, it's really interesting because sometimes um, we're working with a police force um, right now and being in law, like in, and I've worked with other military type organizations and, and it's just really fun to see because they've, they're taught to turn off their emotions. And so I'm like, okay, so what do you feel about this? And they're like, what, (laughs) what do you mean? And it's, it's kind of neat because you, again, it's bringing back, I'm like, no, you're all your human first. So let's talk about the human side. And, and it's more and more, it's shifted a lot over the years that I've worked with like very military type organizations. It has shifted a lot. And, um, but it's kind of neat because when we're looking at the masculine and feminine leadership styles and we've been ingrained in these masculine leadership styles and now as we're bringing the feminine leadership principles as like the forefront. And I'm even, even during COVID, we saw that it was the feminine, the people who led with the feminine leadership styles, um, for if you like them or not, they're the ones actually their countries are doing the best. And um, we had eight public health officers, um, chief public health officers in Canada were women. And it's like, it goes to really, goes to show where, what, what are those leadership qualities I need to come? And most of the men and women that the ones the countries did well, they were more empathetic. Um, they thought more about the community. Um, they're more about, you know, the collaborative and like, how do we, how are we going to do this together? And they used the language was that way as well. And for a certain point, that's what worked well. And now we're actually seeing a shift where people are like, well, no, we want direction. We want this, we want this. And they want the masculine back again. And at that time, they really wanted the feminine leadership styles. And so um, I think people are just still like, it's this whole navigation piece of like, when you're looking at the world, it's like they, um, they want the masculine because that's what they're used to. And they think that's what's going to get things done. But it goes to show how much we need the balance of both in order to have a thriving, you know, thriving, thriving community and society and countries 
Um, we really need the balance of both. You really need the strong direction, but you also need that people aspect as well. And which is what I want, you know, to happen with organizations as well. Oh, that's so, that's so amazing. And actually, when you were talking about that, it reminded me of like, I'm basically retired from massage now. But, you know, there's like a fact that we, that I learned from like insurance companies is that companies who give their employees regular massage or some form of self-care, it actually increases the business. It increases people take, the employees take less sick days. Um, all of the, the production productivity is better. And it's because when people feel taken care of, and even just doing a little thing for them once a week where they get, or even once a month where they get a little 20 minute massage even that is enough to shift things drastically and it not only pays for itself but it brings increase into the company so that's just one example of how just a small little offering or opportunity to give people some self-care or allow them to relax and i saw this more and more um in the last few years as you know companies creating things like you know yoga rooms meditation rooms yeah. nap rooms and just making it okay to like hey if you need to take a break go take a break this recognizing like we don't have to push 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 through everything which we know being you know the way yeah. that we sort of work right is like you know like i run into this all the time you know i hit a wall and i'm like okay just put it offline and trust it's gonna come around when it does and it always does right i'll be struggling yeah. struggling to do something walk away from it come back to it later and poof like it resolves itself immediately and it's that by vibrational piece that you were talking about, you know, it's yeah. like being in alignment. So we've learned this and yet that is not the way of the corporate world. And that is not the way of the, you know, capitalist kind of, which is just like, go, 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 push, 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 like do, do, do. So there's a lot of unwinding from that that needs to happen. Well, it's also interesting though, like having, running a company, um, <laughs> cause as much as like, this is the way that I work, but like I struggle with it because on the way that we run the company, I mean, I, I, like we're fairly like knock on wood. We've we have a great team in place and, and I feel like it feels very taken care of, but it's also like, I wasn't very tra- deadline driven. I wasn't very, which was impacting the stress levels for everyone. But so I brought it and one of my, we brought in someone who's very much like, here's your structure. Here's your like, pe- like things. And you could see people relaxing within, within that. Mm-hmm. So we still have timelines. We still have deadlines. You know, we will accommodate like when someone's, you know, if something happens like, Last week, when in North Vancouver, when there was that um, stabbing, one of our uh, one of our team members, she was dealing with. She had to deal with that, and um, in terms of like developing community events and stuff. And uh, so we, you know, gave her extra time to be like, "Yeah, we know your projects are going to be put up." But it's like, and it was interesting because someone asked me, "They're like, well, we needed that." I'm like, "Yeah, but she needed the time, right?" And so we kind of it's it's been interesting to try to balance both worlds. I mean, you have expectations from other team members and stuff, and we can do it as consultants. Um, but I can see why corporations find it so hard when you have so many people in the mix. As our, our team has grown, we've had to lose some of that. We've had to put more structures in place and more a little bit more direction um, in order for people to feel less stressed. And so it's been a really interesting balance of everything because you don't. Um, as much as I would love to be like, you know, take that extra day or whatever, you can't always do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also finding that people are like, okay, that's great. I can, I can make it happen. And so, yeah, it's a really, it's been an interesting dance for sure. And trying to like run a company, a tech company, um, and the same realm of like still having those feminine leadership principles, but what does, what, what is that nice balance as well? Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, I can imagine that that's quite a 
quite a dance in figuring that out. And sometimes even when you were saying like, you know, sometimes we don't need a day. Sometimes it's just the 10 minutes or the 20 minutes. And it's like, you know, letting people know that, that they can go. And that's why learning how to reset your energy is so important. You know, maybe go do a little meditation, lay down for five minutes, go take a walk, like all those types of things. Because yeah, I can imagine in the corporate world you are, you're dealing with all these things. And you know, we have to have a structure. I've thought about this a lot too. And I, and I totally understand what you mean. Like, you know, cause I like to be really open and such too. And I've also learned the value of of structure, which I resisted for a long, long time. And then I've yeah. seen how the more, you know, I actually think that structure sometimes can give way to more freedom if you oh, find totally. the right structure, right? So yeah. that's always that finding that balance, which is going to be different. And I think that's the key too, right? It's going to be different for every organization, every company, every individual. So that, again, going back to if everyone does their sort of own inner work and gets to know themselves in their own process, then that's also very helpful as well. So that's why ultimately I feel like I've always felt like, you know, the more corporations really start to understand this and value this, they're actually going to have better functioning and better producing humans that work for them. Because when people yeah. learn how to take care of themselves and, and learn how they operate, then they can go on accordingly and potentially do much more than they do from just the sort of unconscious place of just doing, 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 going, 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 you know? Yeah, absolutely. Like even in the last year, like when before people are like, oh, you can't remote work. And it's like, and now we look at it and it's like, we know that people are feeling more balanced. Um, and they feel a little bit like, you know, it's been the stresses of trying to navigate it. And some people do need to go to the back to the office because they're like, that's important to them. But, but again, it's about the privilege thing again, because there's certain positions that don't have the privilege from working from home and then other positions do. But we are, we're also seeing that people are feeling a little bit more um, whole now that they don't, they can choose what they want and what choose what works for them and how that shows up for them. Like for me, I, for years, I couldn't work enough. I, I tried working. Um, so uh, when I left my, when I left uh, one of my companies in 2012, I was burnt out. I mean, I was working uh, multiple jobs. <laughs> I was running multiple organizations, but it was also because I couldn't be in fluorescent lights. And I would felt sick all the time because of the noise and the open con- floor concept. And now I realize I left because of, because of um, the concussions. And then when I tried to take another full-time job again, um, the work was stressful, but if I had worked from home, I wouldn't be as stressed. But it was because I was in the fluorescent lights. Um, there's a constant, again, constant noise, people con- interrupting me. When you have concussions, you can't be interrupted all the time because you have, it's very limited to try to even get you to focus. And um, so I only lasted nine months. And then every time I try to, every time I try to work in an office, it doesn't work for me because um, it's not conducive to who I am. Mm. And it's not conducive to how I can show up in life. Um, and so I really need the balance of like being able to only go in for meetings or as needed. Um, and then I need to be able to work from home because that's actually where I have like the lights are the way that I need them. I can dim them as I need to. I, I don't, I can monitor the noise. Um, and there's so many other things. And like, so I start to think about how many people live, go have to work in corporate set or work in these like traditional systems but it actually doesn't work for their health. And that's actually why they feel sick. It's not because they don't like their job. It's because their body can't handle being in those spaces. And for me, I'm like, I wish if I'd known this earlier, my whole career would have been different. Mm. And if I'd known that, um, it actually makes me cry. Like I'm getting emotional now too. Mm. I would have had been able to make some of the impact that some of the organizations I wanted to, if I was able to understand that I needed it, I know it was able to be accommodated for having different needs or even know what those needs were um, instead of like, I mean, as much as I love the work that I'm doing right now, 
but sometimes it's nice, you know, entrepreneurial life is hard and it's, it's really, really tough. And I mean, I went eight years without like, I don't even know sometimes like how I was making payments or how I was making money or anything because I wasn't feeling well. I was grieving my loss of my brother and I was not, not in a good place. And then on top of that, I couldn't work in a job because I just, I wasn't healthy enough to work in a job. And then it was, it was erect havoc on my psyche, my soul, my body, everything that I was like, why this life is too hard, but it doesn't have to be. And that's the whole thing. It doesn't have to be. If we actually try to understand how things like brain injury can impact someone and how lights and sound can impact someone on a daily basis, it would change their entire experience of how the world is. Like for me, like hanging out with family, I know that I have a limit and I have to go take a rest because it overwhelms my brain. Even just the other day, it was my niece's birthday and I had to go take a break because the lights were too loud. The lights were too bright. They were re- everyone was really loud, having fun, laughing. But for my brain, it was getting overwhelmed. So I had to go sit in the kid's room and just to like go rest for a couple of minutes just to calm down. But I could tell I was like, my emotion, you know, my emotional response wasn't there. I was starting to get agitated and all these things. But I'm like, it impacts me on a daily, daily basis. And but how many times am I going to explain to someone, you know, someone said to me, they're like, um, oh, you were a little bit rude. Well, and I'm like, I had to explain to them. I'm like, yeah, it might've sounded rude because my emotional capacity was at the limit. I've been around people all weekend, um, too much noise, too much activity. And I actually just needed a break. And I might, and I didn't have the emotional capacity anymore to soften my words anymore. But it's like, there's only so many times I can explain that to people. So it's, um, anyways, it's always that. I, I remember that actually from when I had my concussion earlier this year, I would hit my, I would just be like, ah, like I just, but I would just tell everybody. But again, I was very fortunate. It wasn't, you know, maybe six yeah. to eight weeks and it was finished. It was like two or three weeks of intensity. And then it kind of started to taper off. But yeah, I, I experienced that as well. And I just, I really want to touch back on what you said about, um, because I think it's so potent and so important. And I really feel like some people who are going to listen to this need to understand this is this whole environmental piece about the environments that we're in and that they may not, it may just be a matter of changing the environment in order for us to really excel at what we're doing. And I, as you were speaking, I, so many people came into my mind of, I worked in so many offices doing body work and massage. So I talked to so many people and so many, especially people who are empathic. Um, a lot of the women, you know, they would talk about, they, they find it so hard to be in that space with the artificial lights, with the lack of sort of oxygen and I would always make little suggestions, you know, like put plants and crystals on your desk, like anything that you can do just to bring in a little bit of, you know, life into it, just a little bit of like energizing because there's a lot of people. And again, they really like their jobs, just like you, they actually enjoy what they do, but they don't realize that it's the environmental piece. So I think there's been a lot of positive pieces about, you know, COVID and this whole situation. And one of them is, is that yes, a lot of people have found it a lot more relaxing to work from home because they can just, you know, take a break and go to the kitchen and make themselves food or take a little nap if they need to. There's, they cut down on the travel time that they had, which is a big thing too, you know, even sometimes, you know, get having to get dressed up and all these things too. Like all of this, I was laughing the other day. I was like, I'm going to call this the pajama podcast. Cause the other day like <laughs> I interviewed somebody and I mean, she was my friend. We we're laughing, but I'm like, I'm like, nobody knows I'm in my pajamas right now, but you know, right. So it, it really does make things easier in a lot of ways. And it's also nice to get out and it's nice to have options. And again, there's so many things that people can be sensitive to in their environment and not realize how much that's impacting them. Like you said, lights and sounds and 
I think there's so much that we need to understand, especially with all this technology that we're working with now, you know, like it's a double-edged sword. This technology that we have allows us to do all these incredible things and yet it is impacting us on a cellular level. It's also impacting our brains. Like I'm curious, do you find it hard sometimes? Do you have to limit your time on the computer or the phone? Is that something that still impacts you as well? Yeah, like so, because with my work, I'm talking to people all day. And unfortunately, my family, I can't talk to them in the evenings then because yeah. I don't have the capacity to. And um, I get really sad about it because it's like it actually um, years ago, if I'd known this again, it impacted my personal relationships so much, like so much. Like I couldn't, ha- I even now, like I have to choose between do I want to do a personal thing or do I want to do a work thing? Mm-hmm. Because I, and then I'm like, and it's, it's really hard. And then people are like, oh, you're a workaholic. It's like, well, no, I actually just don't have the emotional capacity because I know the personal is going to take the, the, you know, especially if I haven't talked to for someone for a couple of days or a while, I have, I can't turn myself on emotionally to actually have that interaction. So I, I need that space so I can like have work to do and like, you know, livelihood. So yeah, screen time has to be limited. And it's also like, I had no hobbies. Like my events used to be at hobbies. <laughs> I used to go to events to grow up. And um, so now I've had to, like even just, even a couple of weeks ago, I was like, okay, so I can't do screen time anymore. And I can't, it's like for me to sit down and watch Netflix or watch TV it is, it, it's bad. And I love now, like watching movies is like my thing. Um, and um, so I have to come, develop new hobbies. So I'm learning how to play the drums and I'm learning how to sew. And which is fun because I mean, I get to like, activate different aspects of myself but because I'm being forced to do it um but it's also like sometimes you just want to do a video call with a friend but I'm like I can't right and or like I we're supposed to do um even like tomorrow like I'm supposed to do uh meet up well do a social distance like picnic or whatever but I'm like I can't because I just I can't drive because I feel sick already and I have to limit how many times a week I drive and so it impacts, it's, it's, it's impacts, um, yeah, the screen time impacts the technology. I have to be conscious about like being in, like, I love going to be like Sunshine Coast and stuff because I, like the vibration, the energy be, um, mechanisms are so low there. Mm. Um, and so it makes a real difference for me. And um, yeah, because it, it, I'm so sensitive anyways, I'm not such empathic regardless. Then on top of that, you have, like more sensitive because of brain injury. And then you start to look at like, well, where does, what's, where's, what's trauma from, you know, childhood. And then as I heal my trauma, I'm like, I don't know what trauma is and I don't know what brain injury is. Cause it's all kind of like, you're like, okay, well, when did this start? Then I have to look at, okay, did that start as a child? So my first, well, actually my first brain injury was when um, I dropped a deep fryer on my head in grade nine. So like, that was like my first one. So did it start then or did like the, these symptoms, did this personality thing start then or did it start before? So what is like based on who I'm as a person and what's based on like, it's, it's, yeah, it's a really interesting navigation and understanding. Like I'm understanding human psyche at such a deep level as I work on myself. Wow. I just really want to acknowledge you again for everything that you do and that you're able to do despite all of these challenges. And I'm just going to affirm you. And I'm so glad that you shared your, um, your, you know, what's going to happen in six months with all of us, because I'm going to be building that for you. (laughs) And I'm going to be like, wow. And I I believe in that. And I love your conviction. And so just before we, um, before we wrap it up here, can you share, what kind of resources could you share for people? Just anyone who's listening, who might be dealing with a concussion and maybe I'm sure they've learned a ton just from listening to you, but like, are there any books or what do you recommend? Um, so there's, uh, there's a book called by her name of Barbara Young. I think the, the woman who changed her brain. 
And then she actually talks about a couple books into there, but reading her book has been really helpful. Joe Dispenenza's meditations, unbelievable. Like his meditations of um, reconditioning your body to your new mind um, has been like like a lifesaver in many ways. Um, I also truly recommend going seeing a neurovision therapist. Um, Not many people know that. Go to your optometrist, get your eye exam, then you have to find a neurovision therapist um, separately. It is like $350 for the exam, but it will make me such a, such a, make such a difference to you um, because you don't even realize that how much, uh, like even right now, um, understanding how your eyes operate with your brain. Mm-hmm. And like one of my eyes is late, like one of my eyes doesn't work as properly. And I'm, no, I just found that. And I'm like, no wonder I don't have depth, depth perception. And then that would eliminate any nausea and motion sickness. So neurovision therapists, um, there's a, quite a few ones good in Vancouver, but even otherwise, like find a local one or to ask that your optometrist. Um, and then also just making sure that doing like the yoga, like I, I've always kind of stayed away from yoga because I was like, oh no, like everyone's like, it's a fad or whatever. But the stretching is so, especially neck and um, neck stretching and upper shoulder stretching, so important to recovery, like so ultimately important because what's happening is your brain, the energy from your brain and everything isn't coming down into your body half the time. So we need to open that channel up and that, Anytime you can sing, that would be helpful too. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing it. And after sharing everything that you shared, I just want to say thank you so much for taking an hour of your precious um, time to, to chat with me and share this with everyone, because I know that, especially as you just explained, you know, I can, I can imagine it's a, and I can relate to that in different ways, having to choose between, I feel like that as a mom sometimes, you know, like I have to choose between like when I have free time, like I want to relax, but I can, you know, like (laughs) I have to work. So it's funny. People are like, just relax. I'm like, no, right. It doesn't work that way right now, you know, but (laughs) so we all have our our things, but um, yeah, again, I just want to really acknowledge you and commend you for all the work that you've done. And um, thank you so much for for sharing all of this with us. I'm going to try Joe Dispenza's meditations. I haven't, I'm listening to his audio book right now, but his meditations are big. Amazing. Yeah. Actually, the uh, the morning one and the evening one are free on Spotify and on um, on Apple. And just like, just even starting with those ones, because you actually do really rewire your brain with them. And I, I feel excited about your book. I don't know what your book is about, but I feel like it's going to really be a, it's going to be a game changer for, for a lot of people. I feel like, um, you know, none of these things that you've been through are in vain. I feel like very much they're a big part of your purpose and that you're going to help more people than you know with um, all of these things. So thank you so much. And where can people find you if they want to um, learn more about you and the services you offer and yeah, so um, I'm at, um, thank you for having me, first of all. I mean, it was funny because I just starting to talk more about the concussions very much more openly. And I'm realizing this is a very much a part of my path right now. So um, so thanks for having me, first of all. Um, people can find me on um, Instagram. It's like, I am Amprey Dillon. And then, or Veza Global, V-E-Z-A Global. Um, and Veza Global everywhere. That's actually where most of our postings happen. I don't do a lot of social media myself right now. Just, just to kind of monitor my brain <laughs> so yeah but it was just, I mean this is again the testament to the value of social media because if you didn't post that I wouldn't yeah. have known that you know so I, I, I yeah I love that I love that post and my other post was that I loved about yours was about your you know you talk about being a world citizen so just to wrap it up can you share a little bit your your ancestry was fascinating to me <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah so that was that was a funny part um so I believe I'm I have Irish background because Dylan is actually an Irish has an Irish coat of arms and then when I started researching the last name Dylan, because we're Punjabi, like our, I did DNA test and we have, it's mostly Punjabi, but some little Middle Eastern 
from my dad's side. So I have no idea where the Dylan actually came from. But Dylan's actually started in, there's a village in Lyon, France, um, with the last name Dylan. Then there's a lot of Dylans in Ireland as well. Um, and then so the coat of arms, I, always, I used to always just joke. I'm like, oh, yeah, because we have a coat of arms. I'm Irish. And um, so I had to laugh when you were saying that. But I'm like, but I, obviously there, there's connection there. Um, and then the Irish culture is very similar to Punjabi culture. So, and, but I have, I have to do more research on what the coalition is and why we have an Irish last name. Um, but yeah, so th- there's something there for sure. And, and, and I'm pretty sure, like, my mom's side is actually interesting because we have some Scandinavian blood in us, like when, as, we're, as I did the DNA test. But my dad's side didn't, didn't, but so I'm like, I don't know where the Irish last name came from. Yeah, and then your coat of arms has a Welsh dragon. That's what I said yeah, to you. Because I was like, hey, that's Welsh, because my mom's side of the family yeah. is Welsh. So I know that. I'm like, wait a second. So yeah, like, like, <laughs> I love it when people post their DNA. I find it fascinating because it's like, again, it's so interesting. Like people have these little, it just goes to show that we're all, you know, we're all a little bit of everything. So yeah. Oh, and I forgot. So I'm actually, I'm tracking my concussion journey, the six month like revamp period on, um, it's an Instagram account called Love My Curvy Body or Love Your Curvy Body. Um, and so I'm doing it on there. I'm actually tracking like all the things that I'm doing to help, help myself heal on that, that Instagram account. Okay. So at love your curvy body. Yeah. Okay, great. That's a great one, everybody. Cause I'm sure some people that that's really valuable because it really is a journey. So, wow. Yeah. So Manpreet, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me today. What a great conversation. I know it's going to um, help a lot of people because there's so many people who are dealing with um, concussions and it's like, I just, again, you're amazing. And yeah, yes. I look forward to hearing about your complete recovery and we'll complete whatever that looks like, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <For> you. <laughs> we know that's like, however it shows up, but again, yes, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Okay, well, talk soon. Yes, bye. You've been listening to A Voice for Love. This is Surya Devi. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so you can use it to be a force for good in your life and in the world. You can find me at suryadeviworld.com. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to speak up for what you believe in. Peace.